This episode is brought to you by OneSkin, which is my go-to for skincare no matter the weather. Because unlike other products that you need to change up with the seasons, OneSkin products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1, which reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells. Basically, instead of masking the issues, OneSkin addresses them at a cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. For a limited time, Birthful listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code BIRTHFUL when you check out at oneskin.co. And I 100% recommend OneSkin. Not only does it make my skin feel, act, and appear younger, but friends that I haven't seen for a while are taking notice and asking, what are you doing to your skin? It is that good. And I also love their expanding line. On a day-to-day basis, I use OneSkin Prep to wash my face. Then I apply their OS1 Eye topical supplement around my eyes and their OS1 Face on my face and neck. Or if I know I'm going to be out in the sun for a while, then I use their OS1 Shield, which has an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging and repairs cellular aging all at once. Easy peasy. Get started today with 15% off using code BIRTHFUL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code BIRTHFUL. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them BIRTHFUL sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with OneSkin. Imagine having a bra that you actually want to wear. And maybe this seems inconceivable if you don't already own a bra by today's sponsor, Honey Love, which has transformed the bra game. With Honey Love, say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love is so comfortable, you may even forget that you're wearing it. Now is the time to spring clean your bra drawer. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash birthful. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash birthful. Now, currently, I have been very partial to my Honey Love Silhouette bra. It is super soft and it has these really lovely 3D printed velvet details that actually add support. And I can even crisscross the straps in the back. Also, like all of Honey Love's bras, it features supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. I can tell you I'm never in a rush to take it off. Plus, Honey Love also has incredibly comfortable shapewear, matching underwear, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com birthful. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off at honeylove.com birthful. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them Birthful sent you. Treat yourself to honey love. It can happen at 
eight weeks. It can happen at eight months. It can happen at a year. So don't think like, oh, at six weeks, I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden, seven months later, you know, and you're thinking, well, you know, I shouldn't be feeling like this now. I'm way past the postpartum period, you know, which is people don't seem to get like postpartum period last more than six weeks. That is OBGYN, Dr. Meadlin Charles, who prides herself on teaching her patients and giving them the tools to help them take care of themselves. Today, we're going to be talking about what to expect physically and mentally during immediate postpartum and some red flags you should definitely contact your care provider about. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. Welcome, Dr. Charles. It is wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm very happy to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you identify? I am a board-certified OBGYN, and I've been in practice now since uh, private practice in 2005. So, yeah, oh, Lord, that, that makes me really old. But, yes, I don't look old, though. You don't. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> And I've been a doula for 14 years, so a little a little <laughs> less, but close to that too, right? Feeling old. Right. Mm-hmm. So I thought today we would talk about what people can expect during those early days postpartum and, you know, physically and emotionally. So from the moment that they give birth until that first week or two weeks or so, few few weeks, what can people expect? Happiness. You know, seriously, I mean... You're very happy. Uh, you spent pretty much nine months, you know, waiting to have this baby. And all of a sudden you have a baby in your arms. And when everything, you know, happens well without any complications, even makes my heart sing. And the parents are happy. The nurses are happy. And when you have a beautiful delivery, and sometimes I even cry because it's so wonderful. Obviously, there are going to be emotional changes as well, too, because sometimes like you look at your baby and you have this overwhelming feeling of love as well, too. You start crying and shaking because you never thought that you would have this amount of love for somebody before, even though you thought you would. But like when the baby comes out, it's an amazing feeling. Of course, there's the tiredness and other things as well, too. But usually that's the most important thing that happens right after you deliver. And I want to normalize that not everybody feels that overwhelming joy upon meeting their baby that sometimes they can take, depending on the birth, depending on how tired you are, depending on what your hormones are doing at that moment, it can take a little bit. It can take even days or weeks to get to a point where, or or more to get to a point where you're like, oh, I love you so much. Like it might be Mm a, hmm, okay, you're now in my life and I got to figure out who you are. Right, exactly. And what can people expect during those first few days postpartum physically? Physically, you know, initially when you have the baby, sometimes, you know, moms are very, uh, surprised that their belly still feels big, even though technically you've had the baby, but your belly has been over distended for a long period of time. So it feels like you're still, it looks like you're still pregnant and it takes a while for your body physiology to go back to normal. So that's one of the things that you can expect. Sometimes patients will also feel like after pains or cramping when they're breastfeeding. And usually that's secondary to the fact that uh, they're releasing oxytocin, their own body's releasing oxytocin whenever the baby is suckling. And that helps 
the uterus or the womb to go back down to normal size within the first couple of weeks after delivery as well too. So they can cause them to have severe cramping and pain. And it usually tends to basically be worse with each subsequent pregnancies. So also to patients can have discomfort or they can get very swollen. So if you were pushing for a while, you know, and you had a laceration, depending on the patient, their perineum or their vulva can be very, very swollen. And they tend to have to use an ice pack or cold compress for at least the first 24 hours or so to really help out, as well as the discomfort from any kind of like laceration repair or anything like that. Or you can also use um, some sit spats as well too, maybe up to like within one or three inches of water for about three times a day to help out. And that would be warm water. Warm water, right. And I think that's really great. Let's point out, like some people I know love that ice pack right after birth, love that ice pack. But I think it's important to note that it's better during that immediate 24 hours. And then to promote blood flow, you want to maybe switch to warmer things like these sit baths that you're talking about. Right, exactly. Dr. Charles, let's talk a little bit, because I know this is a big fear and a big concern of a lot of people of the vaginal tears. Okay. So it's not unusual for that to happen, especially for first-time moms. Nowadays, most OBGYNs will tend to stay away from episiotomies because sometimes you don't really know necessarily which patient is going to tear, which patient is not going to tear. Um, So, you know, my personal way of practicing is I don't routinely do episiotomies. And I think most physicians are basically don't tend to do that. We usually tend to do an episiotomy, for example, for patients who have certain criteria. For example, if we want to get the baby out sooner rather than later, if we have like a baby in distress. But other than that, once you actually have the repair, usually we use stitches that tends to dissolve and they will tend to dissolve by themselves within about anywhere from like three to six weeks. And sometimes what happens, depending on exactly where you might have had like the first degree laceration, which is the one where it's very superficial. And if it's hemostatic and it's not bleeding, depending on exactly where it is, the provider may decide not to actually put any stitches in, but it might still feel a little bit raw. So every time you urinate, you might feel burning because the urine is very acidic. So every time you pee, it stings a little bit. So that's where your peribottle would actually be very helpful. Um, So, you know, you use it every time you go to the bathroom to pee, it dilutes the urine so it doesn't sting and burn whenever you actually go to the bathroom to pee. Yeah, and I I think that's a great thing for people to use no matter if they have superficial abrasions or tears, if there's something that needed to be repaired, like, and you're feeling stinging when you pee, then using this peri bottle to spray before you go or after you go to then slightly just tap to Mm -hmm. dry and make things easier. What about, we're talking all the fun topics here today. What about hemorrhoids? (laughs) Oh, hemorrhoids. Yay. (laughs) You know, that's the unfortunate stuff. You know, hemorrhoids, it's very common, unfortunately. So again, exactly the same thing. We will give you the cold packs actually will work really well. The witch hazel packs, um, the tuck pads that they give you also at the hospital will also work really well as well. And then the most important thing is to not be constipated. Okay. So the first thing I tell my moms is to make sure that they change their diet. One of the best ways to do that is making sure by you drinking up tons of water. You tend to eat green leafy vegetables, whole grains. You definitely need to be doing all of those things to prevent constipation. Either use fiber, prune juice, stool softener, 
any of those things to actually make sure that you can actually take care of the hemorrhoids as well too. And that's really helpful. Mm. And at the hospital, they really want to make sure you have a bowel movement before you're released or at the beginning, you know, those first few days. And that can be such a scary preposition Mm -hmm. for new moms, depending on the tear they had Mm -hmm. or how swollen they are. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes they make themselves constipated because they hold it in because they think like if they push too much, it's going to actually break the stitches. And it, it doesn't because, you know, the stitches are pretty strong, pretty much. Dr. Charles, in terms of what that time in the maternity floor, sort of after being in labor and delivery, moving to the postpartum area, what will that look like? What checkups can people expect for themselves? We monitor the mom normally on the labor and delivery room for the first two hours to make sure that they're not having like any bleeding. We check their blood pressure. Uh, we make sure that their fundus, which is the top of the uterus, is you know is staying firm. And after that, they bring you into your room. Um, and then the nurses continue to monitor and do checks, checking your blood pressure, checking your bleeding to make sure that everything is normal. And uh, the nurses will basically follow. We'll have a lactation consultant that is in-house. And they come in. They help you. With the vaginal delivery, usually you'll tend to stay in the hospital for at least two nights. But if you have, if your mom was like, this is your second, your third, your fourth baby, if your baby is completely stable without any issues, any problems, we require the baby to stay in-house for at least 24 hours. And then if everything is okay, after 24 hours, everything's stable, we've checked your blood count to make sure that you're not anemic, you're stable, your vitals are fine. Usually patients will go home after vaginal delivery after 24 hours, mm-hmm. you know? Um, which is great. And that's for a vaginal delivery. And if people had a cesarean, how does this change, this immediate postpartum change? What can they expect? With a C-section, usually our patients will stay in-house for at least, again, three nights. And again, if it's somebody who's had like a surgery before, sometimes they may go home like after two nights because, you know, they're used to it and they're doing great without any issues. They're you know, having a bowel movement, they're eating well, they have no complications, no issues or anything like that. And they'll see us in a couple of weeks after. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths per day? That is so many breaths. Now, according to the EPA, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. And in some cases, up to a hundred times more polluted. So then what is the solution for cleaner indoor air? For me, it's Air Doctor and their line of superb air purifiers that have captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and many more. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so that your lungs don't have to. This includes all kinds of pollutants, such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that can make you sick. Plus, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code BIRTHFALL to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And exclusive to podcast listeners, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. 
lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com, so airdoctorpro.com, and use the promo code BIRTHFUL. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've taken gorgeous photos of your baby or your kids, and then when you want to share them, it is a pain either trying to find the photos or figuring out the group text that they should go to, and then also remembering that, say, Aunt Helen only does email, so you need to send her image separately. Or like in my case, where my husband is a photographer who takes magnificent photos that I rarely actually get to see because they live on his phone or end up scattered in text messages that I can't easily find. Enter the Family Album app, which was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with your loved ones. Basically, it's a personal space for your family's memories without third-party ads or unwanted eyes and with a bunch of fabulous features. It automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and easily see how your child has grown. And you can also order eight photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. The Family Album app also has unlimited storage. Plus, it's totally free. Yup, no more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by third-party ads. So, to all the parents out there still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, level up your family photo game for free and securely with the Family Album photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, all in one word, and download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy. So let's say, regardless if it was two days that they stayed in the hospital, three days that when they finally get home, what are some things that they can expect in terms of their recovery? And what are things to watch out for? Okay. Usually when I tell my patients to go home, these are the things that I tell them to think about. The bleeding usually is heaviest or what we call lochia pretty much is heaviest the day the first couple of days after delivery and then it will be you know reddish and then pinkish and then whitish you know yellow and then whitish yellow up to about six weeks or so about 15 percent of patients will or moms will continue on having discharge beyond six weeks, but most people will usually tend to stop by like six weeks or so. However, about 10 to 14 days, about two weeks after they've delivered, the bleeding that was like very light spotting, you know, on day, you know, nine, 10, might get a little bit heavier with blood clots for a couple of days or so. And invariably people will think, oh, there's something wrong. Somebody like, you know, their dog jumped on their belly (laughs) or they went to the grocery store, a kid pushed a cart onto their belly or something like that. But it's usually the scar of the placenta that's shedding, okay? So as long as a mom is not soaking like one pad, you know, completely soaked greater than one pad per hour for over two hours, they should totally be okay. That's the first thing. Also symptoms of breast infections. So usually that will be associated with some redness and some areas of, uh, you know, that would be very hard and and what we call indurated on the upper outer corners of their breast, which is the areas that that is most difficult to actually remove the milk from. 
And they will also associate with chills as well too. And they'll have temperatures, very high temperatures. So, you know, those are the symptoms that they need to actually give us a call about so that we can actually get that treated. If for some reason you have foul smelling vaginal discharge, if you have like severe belly pain that's unrelieved by over-the-counter pain medication, it could be a symptoms of like an infection in the uterus or the womb. So you definitely need to give us a call. If for some reason you're having, you know, swelling of your feet, it's not unusual to have that as you leave the hospital to have really swollen legs, but you shouldn't have one more swollen than the other. And you shouldn't have like pain behind your calves, et cetera, because then that could be a symptom of a blood clot. And that's something that you kind of like need to be worried about. So those are the things that I tell patients. Also, postpartum blues, because there are some moms who, you know, they're crying all the time. They are tired and they have what we call postpartum blues and postpartum blues are completely common. Okay. And it's totally normal. And, you know, moms need to know that there's nothing wrong if they feel like that you know, and usually that doesn't last no more than about two weeks. Usually by two weeks, it should start subsiding. But if after two weeks, for example, you're still having issues, usually then that can start becoming symptoms of postpartum depression. And that's when it's important to basically make sure that you, you know, you talk, you call your pediatrician, you call your midwife, you call your your doctor to make sure that they understand that there is something going on. And sometimes one of the things that I tell patients, which is very important, is that postpartum depression is not necessarily up to the six-week mark. It can happen at eight weeks. It can happen at eight months. It can happen at a year. So don't think like, oh, at six weeks, I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden, seven months later, you know, and you're thinking, well, you know, I shouldn't be feeling like this now. I'm way past the postpartum period, you know, which it's people don't seem to get like postpartum period last more than six weeks. Oh, no, it's it's years. <laughs> it's years. And I think it's important to know also that dads or other partners can also yes. get postpartum depression. Yes, they can. They can. And, you know, people don't talk about it. And also to if they had a traumatic delivery, you know, they feel powerless. Like, you know, there was like an emergency cesarean section. You know, they were very scared for their baby's life, for their partner's life, you know? And what it is, is like, we have to try to erase the stigma. I had a patient recently, she she's still pregnant and she had issues dealing with the pregnancy, but she couldn't tell her husband because he didn't believe in therapy. I'm worried about her for when she goes home. Because if she has any issues, she doesn't have anybody else to help her, you know, and uh, and it's important to talk about it and to not feel ashamed about exactly what is going on in your life, you know, um, so that's very, very important. Absolutely. What are some concerns? What are some of the symptoms of, say, postpartum preeclampsia? Because I know that that can, is also something that doesn't get talked about much. Mm-hmm. Right. So postpartum preeclampsia, here's what we tell patients. So if for some reason the swelling, again, it's very nonspecific, meaning like you can totally have swelling with a normal patient. But let's say, for example, you had elevated blood pressures during the pregnancy, and then you also had elevated blood pressures during the prenatal care. These are the things that you were also, if all of a sudden you are gaining weight, you know, and your swelling is even worse, okay, after you deliver, and you're noticing also that you're having severe headache, 
okay? And you're taking Tylenol and it's not going away. If you're noticing that you're having spots or blurred vision, okay, that is not normal. If for some reason you're having seizures at home, those things are not normal. Hopefully it will not get to the point of seizures. But a lot of times, you know, you're tired. You're thinking, oh, it's because I'm tired. I have a newborn at home. That's I'm not sleeping. That's the reason why I'm having a headache. A headache, you know, postpartum is not something that you, you kind of like poo-poo, you know. Uh, you definitely need to call your provider because we want to make sure that we see you, that we check your blood pressure because it could be symptoms of postpartum, you know, uh, preeclampsia or taxemia. And that's very, very important. Hmm. And another thing that I think can be a red flag or something to be aware of during postpartum is having a retained placenta. Can you talk about that? Yes. Okay. So retained placenta is actually one of the causes of postpartum hemorrhage or bleeding after delivery. Uh, so usually after a patient deliver, we, you know, we always check, I always check to make sure that the placenta is intact. Okay. So oh, you can have like a retained placenta either right after delivery, because you have 30 minutes to deliver the placenta after the baby is delivered. If for some reason the placenta does not deliver, then we have to do maneuvers to actually, you know, remove it. And then you have to make sure also to, after you do that, that there are no pieces left inside. Uh, you inspect the placenta and sometimes you may end up having to do an ultrasound. But sometimes again, if you end up going home and you're having bleeding that is very, very heavy, you know, again, more than one part per hour for over two hours and it's not subsiding, you know, that could be, you may have what we call retained products of conception in there or retained parts of the placenta and you need to call your doctor. And that's very easy to do. They'll do an ultrasound, a sonogram, and they will be able to actually see something and then be able to take care of it. Yeah, because that can be very confusing for the body going like, I have a baby out here and I'm breastfeeding, you know, if people are breastfeeding, but the placenta pieces are giving the body the signal that you're still pregnant and then they could create infections and yeah. Right, exactly. What about incontinence and organ prolapse and like some bigger issues? So these are the issues that people don't talk about. So it's not unusual to have what's called stress incontinence, which is leakage where anytime like you cough or you sneeze or you stand up um, and you're doing jumping jacks. <laughs> okay. And imagine you're like a 25 year old woman and then this is happening. You're not even 90 years old, something, um, you know, it sucks and you don't know necessarily how long it's going to last. And let me tell you, it is so common and people don't talk about it. So us OBGYNs and providers have to do a better job of actually asking our patients about that type of information because sometimes our patients and our moms are very embarrassed to talk about it. So I tell my patients to do Kegel exercises, okay? So again, initially at the first six weeks, if for some reason it doesn't get better, I might give them like maybe like eight weeks or so. And then after that, I send them to pelvic floor therapy. They take the time, they actually examine you and tell you exactly what to do. And I think we don't use pelvic floor therapists enough, you know, and they are fantastic. Actually, one patient yesterday, I was sending her home. Actually, she asked me about this. She said, with her last baby, how long will she have painful intercourse? And I said, okay, what, how long are we talking about? Okay, maybe at the six, because a lot of times people talk about to you and they say, at six weeks, by the way, is it okay for me to have sex? I said, well, physically you might be normal, but emotionally you may not be ready. You know, so that's another thing. 
but also to, it may take a while because everybody heals differently. And sometimes you may end up having scar tissue. So a lot of times you may need to get that scar tissue to have some um, relaxation and the pelvic floor therapist, they're wonderful at this. So at a year out, you know, six, nine months out, you really have for something that you shouldn't be having pain just from where you had the repair still, you know? So again, come and talk to your doctor. Do not be embarrassed. Do not worry about, you know, saying, I don't want to talk to my OBGYN about this. If you don't talk to your OBGYN or your midwife about this, who the heck are you going to talk to? Your dentist? Okay. <laughs> and, and then we send pelvic floor therapy to take care of it seriously. And they'll know what to do. You know, this is very important. Absolutely, because penetrative sex should not hurt, period, done, yeah. It should not. And also, there's also some vaginal dryness as well, too, that can occur when you're breastfeeding and you postpartum as well, too, which is not unusual. So sometimes it could be dryness, but if it's literally just at one specific area for where, you know, instead of like the whole vagina, it may be from the scar itself. And then diastasis recti is pretty common. That can occur from like the beginning of like the 35th week of pregnancy up to afterwards. It's not something that I used to do very early on in my career. I only started doing checks on my postpartum patients in the last few years. And there's a way to examine the patients, you know, and to tell them exactly what kind of exercises to do. And just because we didn't explain what it was, diastasis recti is when the abdominal muscles, the vertical abdominal muscles separate and that fascia is more exposed. And then that's normal because of all the pressures of pregnancy. But if it doesn't come back, then that can create other problems and need some interventions like have a pelvic PT assess it and help you in what to do. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Fantastic. And would you agree that if at any point before, say they're waiting for their six-week checkup, but if at any point before that they feel like something is up, I need to talk to my doctor, but I don't want to worry them or I'm not sure that they should call anyway? Of course. Let's not even talk about the fact that the six-week postpartum visit is not enough. Okay. It's plain and simple. I believe like they need to be seen like earlier, technically. We just have tons of other insurances who are not really paying for the visit. Therefore, doctors are not, you know, doing it. But, you know, depending on the patient, I know with our practice, certain patients come in earlier than other patients, but they still need to be seen. So please do not go the, the Google route. Please don't. Give us a call. This is what we are here for. A phone call with one question, I'll insert in like literally like a minute or two or even longer. And then I will save you tons of worry and sleepless nights. And we want to hear from you because a lot of times it's nothing, but a lot of times it is something that we need to actually see you for. So always, always, always call your doctor. Yeah. And you shouldn't be suffering because of it. No, you should not. No. Dr. Charles, thank you so very much for coming on the show today and answering all my questions. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was great, actually. It was just like having a conversation. <laughs> that was OBGYN Dr. Meadlin Charles, who is passionate about helping expecting and new parents navigate the changes associated with the postpartum period and beyond. You can find Dr. Charles on Instagram at Meadlin Charles. I hope your main takeaway from our conversation is that even though there are many expected physical and mental changes during postpartum, that does not mean that you have to endure their discomfort or just trudge through them. 
Postpartum is a time to honor your recovery and replenish your body and mind. Make sure you take as much care of yourself as you do your baby. And if you or your family members feel that there's something not right with your health, then don't delay in reaching out to your care provider. One thing you can do for you is to find a pelvic floor specialist in your area and commit to reaching out for a consult. Do it regardless of how long it's been since you've given birth and especially if you are currently pregnant because the tone and balance of your pelvic floor and core play a crucial role in how your baby is positioned and during the pushing stage. Ask your friends for recommendations or use the PT locator on the Academy of Pelvic Health Physical Therapies website at aptapelvichealth.org. The one thing you can do for the rest of us is to follow and support the work of the Preeclampsia Foundation. Their work recognizes that racial disparities are a fact of maternal health and how they impact health outcomes for Black families. Their Racial Disparities Task Force is working to create recommendations that address these issues as they relate to hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. And you can learn more at preeclampsia.org. Birthful was created by me, Adriana Lozada, and is a production of La Antigua Williams & Co. The show's senior producer is Paulina Velasco, Jen Chien is our executive editor, Cedric Wilson is our lead producer, and Kojin Tashiro mixed this episode. Thank you for listening to and sharing Birthful. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and everywhere you listen. And come back next week for more ways to inform your intuition.